Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission. This is a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. I am Tony Balava, and with me is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello again, Tony. You know, at the time of our recording here, we are on the precipice of something big, mm-hmm. something really big, actually, <laughs> nationwide big, yep. and that is the national election. Yes. I mean, yep. in the lead up to this, everything has been dominated about the presidential election, the presidential debates, mm-hmm. all of this, and uh, you can't escape it. Right. You know, a lot of times you want to escape it, <laughs> but you can't escape it. Well, today we're going to talk about what it's like when you have a big thing that's going on, but you're on the foreign field Mm. because there really is a different perspective that happens when maybe there's a, whether it be a national thing that happens Mm -hmm. and you're overseas and you're you're taking the news in from in a different way than, say, someone going through it here within the United Mm -hmm. States. Whether that be a good thing or a bad thing, as far as the event that's going on. Mm-hmm. Before we even dive down into some of the things, I just want to share a story. I remember in 2016 when the election happened, and I was over in Papua New Guinea. We were in a place where it wasn't great internet, mm. and there was no TV. And you know, we're trying to get things online and get the news. You know, who's winning, which sure. states, and so on and so forth. And so there was frustration, though, because you couldn't mm-hmm. be, you know, I mean, as most people, you'd want a desire to see the, re- the, the results coming in, those people saying this state won to this person right. and that state yes. won. Well, here we are with kind of trying to refresh, refresh, like hoping that the screen would load. It was with that great Wi-Fi in Papua New Guinea. Oh, yeah. It, it was a struggle. <laughs> and I just remember like hitting like refresh 20 times just to try to find out which state mm-hmm. were being announced at the top of the hour. Yes. But, they would announce at the top of the hour, but we may not find out for like 20 minutes because of the way things were going. And you, you're you trying to get as much information as you can, but it was so hard to do it. Mm-hmm. And and it was a unique way to go through something like the election on the foreign field. Yeah. And it really you know, brought home how that is for many people in third yes. world places that don't have great Wi-Fi or don't have great internet that mm-hmm. can't be up on every second. Especially when you want to be up on every second of what's going on. Yeah, you know, um, this is a topic that really, um, not to make it a point of comedy, but I do think that a lot of church members experience at least once a year on what we call Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have, have, uh, have you been in a church service? Now, I'm not a big Super Bowl guy, so to me, I don't go through that, but, uh, I, I, I've pastored Super Bowl guys, and they're like, you know, I, I know they're just dying for the service to end because they want to know what's going on in the Super Bowl game. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of a funny thing, but, but it is a point of anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the one big experience I think of um, for us is that we were on the foreign field on September the 11th, 2001. Mm. And I was sitting in, actually in language school on that morning. And my first news came to me actually from a Canadian missionary who happened to be right here in the home office at BIMI on that very day and called me 
and and ask me if I had heard the news. And I said, well, I'm in language school. I don't hear any news. And my language school actually took place in a funeral home. And that's funny for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> we won't talk about those today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we didn't have any news 2001, we didn't have the technology that we have now. I was operating with a flip phone like most people were at that time. And the news that 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 came in right away like that, first of all, wasn't completely accurate. Not because the missionary was, I think, purposely exaggerating or anything, but when I said I hadn't heard the news and they told me what was going on and their words were, I'll never forget their words, uh, your country is under attack. And we were. But what I found out was that the way they described the attack and one of the things they said to me was the National Mall is on fire. Well, when you start thinking about the National Mall, the Lincoln Monument, the Washington Monument, mm-hmm. the, the Capitol just down the road, literally, the White House across the road, mm-hmm. um, you start thinking, whoa, what is going on here? And my reaction to them was was really I couldn't wrap my mind around what they were saying. And I and I actually turned on them and I said, hey, that's not funny. Why would you say that? Yeah. And it yeah. was it was just the reaction I had that this was such an impossible thing in my mind. I couldn't I could not really process the information. Now I'm sitting there with other people in language school and and they were all American missionaries as well, uh, U.S. missionaries. And now they're listening and they want to know what's going on. And I've got to relay that to them. And I'm going to tell you the the emotions and the anxiety in that room, it ran the gamut. I mean, the first, honestly, the first thought was, we all got to pack up and get across the border. But then it was, okay, but what for and what can we do? And and we're where God called us and so we'll stay put. And and then there were a lot of other things that we went through processing. And, and it really is a traumatic experience whether it is that national election, let's, let's face it, we're all interested in that. Or mm-hmm. it's something big like September 11th, or it's something else. Maybe it's a, a, a health issue in your family. You get news that mom or dad all of a sudden got bad news from the doctor. And that separates you. And, and the missionary goes through an, a, a lot of emotions and has to process a lot of things on the foreign field. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, I think, the intent of our of our episode today is just really to kind of give an insight into what those missionaries are going through when they are faced with experiencing things from far away. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really identify just one reaction. For example... Right now, we're still at the tail end of the pandemic and and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. You know, it started back in March. Well, I remember very vividly where I was on a Wednesday when I was watching an NBA game and they started canceling the games because one player was found to test positive with COVID. And so they canceled the games. Then that night, uh, President Trump got on and said that closing people traveling from Europe and things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, mass hysteria was you know, seemingly going to yes. go on. People made the toilet paper runs, <laughs> all of those things. And there was just this feeling of dread. And I think mm-hmm. if everyone remembers back in March, you know, you're, it was like a doom and gloom scenario that sure. you just kind of felt. Well, we had some of our missionaries over in Papua New Guinea. And I contacted one of them and said, hey, look, you know, he's based here in Chattanooga, lives mm-hmm. here. And I said, hey, you may want to consider coming back because I'm not sure if you'll be able to fly. You know, right. f- flying was now becoming a guessing game. Would you be able to get out of the country? Would you be able to get into America? 
I said, you may want to be with your wife at this time because she was here in mm -hmm. Chattanooga. And, you know, I'm telling him, hey, you need to really give him some consideration. Well, to him, here he is out in Papua New Guinea. It was a world away. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. w what's going on? So it it hit home, this idea that mm -hmm. here we are going through all of this, <laughs> and here he is over there like, huh? What in the world? Yeah. I have no clue what you're talking about. And he thought I was exaggerating. Mm -hmm. But if anyone who remembers back here at this time in March, it what there was a kind of this sense of dread. But then also another situation. So that was his response. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we're a world away. It's, we're untouched. Mm -hmm. And it means nothing to us what you're saying. But then there's other missionaries that I can think of that same thing. They're hearing the numbers. They're hearing, especially in the beginning when lots of people were passing away in, in places like Washington State or New York. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that foreign field, all you hear is those headlines. Right. That's all you're bombarded with. And so they're hearing people dying left and right. Well, it impacted them to think, maybe grandma's going to die. Maybe my parents are going to die. And mm -hmm. it created this uncertainty and, and almost a despair within them because all they hear is the news, and the news was always going to be bad. I right. mean, that, that was mm -hmm. the headlines. Mm -hmm. And so because that's all they re were receiving, it impacted them in such a way that it created a, a panic in mm -hmm. their own mind mm -hmm. about, oh, no, what's happening with my family? What's going on over there? What's, what's going on in, in America? And, and that's such a unique feeling mm -hmm. when you go through something like that. Yes. It's, it's such a unique feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, it it is, and and unless you have lived through it, it is almost hard to imagine. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that we we have our 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 maybe our grandparents who went through a time of D Day or something like that, and they talk to you about it, and you you listen and you say, "Well, that must have been really bad," but you don't really understand till you've gone through something like that, and and I think. Every missionary who goes to a foreign field probably is going to have one of those experiences or more in their tenure on field. And so let's talk a little bit about what is the missionary reaction to that? What would be the right reaction or some helpful reactions at least? And then also what are some helpful reactions on the part of, of partnering churches as well? And I think one of the first things for the missionary reaction is, I just got done saying, you know, in that room with um, with U.S. missionaries and some very, very seasoned, literally on the field for as long as I had been alive. <laughs> and their first reaction still was, we got to get back to the United States yes. because, because you just want to be there and do something. But then you have to realize, okay, what can I do? Um, and that was that national disaster of September 11th. Um, if it's my mother or father has a terminal illness, there may be something, even if it's just to be by their bedside. Right. And I think it would be important to go back at that point. But I think, let me say this, the missionary at that point, we just said recently in one of our, our podcasts how important it is to have Scripture to say, I know I am doing and I am where I'm supposed to be. And really, I'm thankful that in that room that day on September 11, 2001, though our initial reaction was, let's cross the border, almost immediately it was all like, 
but we're where God told us to be, and we need to be here. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people in in this place that will, that was a world event. I know it took place primarily in New York and in, and in Pennsylvania with the attack, but that was a worldwide event that changed the course of worldwide events mm-hmm. to this day. Absolutely, and. Uh, I know that it wasn't unique to Canada. It was around the world that there were opportunities to minister, uh, to minister that were unprecedented. Our churches were packed out the next yep. couple of weeks, at least in Canada. Unfortunately, it didn't last that long. But I do know this. I saw many people make professions of faith in those coming weeks that maybe we would never have had an opportunity to reach and surely wouldn't have if we had left. Mm-hmm. And so one of the first things is just... I got to see I'm where God wants me to be. Uh, maybe God does want me to get back again if it's a family issue, but but in that issue I'm 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 certain that each of us made the right choice. We should have stayed and and ministered and and just stayed the course where God had us. Exactly. It is different people will respond differently and one's not right, one's not wrong. There are people who very much uh, would travel back to the states even now during covid time there's some mm. who travel back to the states even in a sense when you can almost argue that it was safer for them to be overseas yes. than it is mm-hmm. here in the united states but there is that innate desire to just want to be around family around mm-hmm. loved ones during you know during moments of of major headline news that mm-hmm. are happening you just want to rally around family that's a that's a human desire mm-hmm. and so there are folks definitely when when news are happening, whether it be national news or be very personal family news, mm-hmm. that you just want to cluster together and yeah. and be with one another. You know, I know being in Australia, it's not easy to get from Australia to the United States. Mm-hmm. And so there was a few health issues that happened in our family where my sister, who was with my parents, would contact and say, hey, this has happened or that has happened. And I've had to wrestle with that, do I fly back or do I not? And oftentimes I had to consider, well, one was the cost. Now, I know, mm. you know, you're, you're going to will, willing to do anything and spend anything mm-hmm. to be with family, but it was not cheap, especially on a last second ticket. Right. But then also it was like, okay, what can I do when I get back there? Mm-hmm. And is it just I need to just visibly see them? Thankfully, because of technology, I could talk through, you know, kind of FaceTime mm-hmm. or Skype or visual means of communication. Yeah. Or there, were, or do I need to be with them to just kind of be that support and such? Right. There were times I stayed in Australia and didn't come back, but then there were also there was one time specifically where I came back to be with my my parents when there was a health issue and just to sit there and just to be the son. Yes, I wasn't missionary; mm-hmm. I was just son. Mm-hmm. But it's different for everyone. It's yeah. different for everyone, mm-hmm. and but it is a unique thing to be a million miles away and hear the news. Yeah, and there's a emptiness in the pit of your stomach but then to have that flight where mm. you're sitting on a plane and all you have is you know for a flight from australia to the states <laughs> it's going to be about 32 hours from when you get on the plane to when you get off the plane right. well your mind is dominated for 32 hours with with the worst case scenario mm-hmm. you just think oh man my my dad's not doing well so of course our mind runs to the worst. Mm-hmm. Is dad going to make it? I'm on the plane. No one can get a hold of me. What's that like? And boy, that's just the time you just need prayer. You need the Holy Spirit to try to comfort you and to yeah. help calm your mind yeah. because you truly just think no one can get a hold of me right now. What if dad doesn't make it? Or what if he gets worse? Or right. what if the situation, yeah. whatever it may be at hand, gets mm-hmm. even more a crisis than it is? 
and you don't know, and you're just kind of lingering there in the mm-hmm. air on a plane. Wow, that yeah. that's a struggle. And that's mm-hmm. where people need to be praying. That's where that missionary needs to be praying. Right. And say, God, help me. Help yeah. me and comfort my heart mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah. And I think even before, even before they get on that plane, there needs to be that time uh, uh, where the missionary sits back and takes a little bit of time to reflect and to really seek the the Lord's face and seek guidance and decide whether they need to make that trip or not. Uh, for me, the, in, the initial news that I got on September 11, 2001, listen, what, what happened was a tragedy. It was horrific, uh, but it wasn't as bad as the initial news that I received. The National Mall is on fire not to minimalize what happened in New York City or in Pennsylvania, but it was not as bad as I was originally told. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we started to get the news, and it did take, it was it was so painful, really, to, uh, we didn't have the technology 20 yep. years ago that we have now, and to get it so slowly and not get accurate news. But I am thankful that we took the time to just kind of investigate and 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 see what was really going on and and then again realize our presence there isn't going to make a huge difference now if it's if it's your parents or for example i just not too terribly long ago got a phone call from one of our missionaries in the far north and they had already bought the plane ticket for the wife's dad had passed away unexpectedly and the missionary, we have a, a policy at BIMI when a missionary leaves the field, they're supposed to fill out that travel request form so that we know where people are mm-hmm. and the accountability and all. And And he was actually calling to talk to me about getting his travel request form done. Kudos to him for actually wanting to be responsible. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought, that's not the time to really talk about, well, we'll handle, I told him, I said, listen, we'll handle the travel request. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. Let's talk about you right now and, yeah. and your family and your family's needs. You mentioned the cost of a plane ticket from a foreign field. When you buy those tickets last minute, they don't come cheap. <laughs> no, <laughs> they, no, no. They, they cost you an arm and a leg. And most missionaries don't have the money set aside for that. Now, thankfully, we have, and I think you have as well, a field fund, a far north field fund, a Southeast Asia field mm-hmm. fund. We were able to, as a missions family, the far north missions family, take some money out of that and help pay, not the whole cost, but part of the cost for that plane ticket. And I think that was a very appropriate use of that money. But bring that over to a supporting church. I think that's a great time for a supporting church to be what we just said they are, a supporting church, and encourage that missionary help them through that time, and maybe there are some expenses that come up that weren't foreseen. Missionaries don't have the luxury of planning, here, I'm going to put X number of dollars aside in case I have to make an emergency trip back for a sudden illness or something, and maybe there can be some help there as well, and just rally around that missionary as much as possible uh, to number one, encourage them and to exhort them. But then number th- three, I guess, is to um, to get them to a place where they're ready to minister again and get back to ministry. Talked a lot about the kind of the negative, uh, the, the, the sad things, the crisis things. But mm-hmm. I want to flip it even just to be when you are away during really positive times. Mm. You know, you mentioned we started off with the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
And let's just say your team was there, you know, the team that you cheered for all all your life, and they're in the Super Bowl. Well, and you're in the foreign field. Well, you want nothing more than to be there in the city, you know, kind of following them and cheering for them. There is sort of that kind of uh, – it can be sort of like a discontent in some way for where you're at con- compared to where you want to be. I'll give an example. I remember in 2016 – I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I bleed Cleveland. And when Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship. They did? Yeah, oh, my soul. <laughs> yes. Listen, we can do a whole podcast on that. Um, well, boy, I wanted nothing more than to just be there in Cleveland when they did the ticker tape parade and they did the celebration and and things. And I remember it, that was one of the things, even in our marriage, before we left, I always told my wife, and my wife had agreed, if Cleveland ever won, then you can go be a part of that celebration. <laughs> well, now here I am on the other side of the world. Well, there is no way. I would never spend you the money. You didn't write to your supporting churches? No, no, no. I was never going to do that. <laughs> but I will admit that there was something in me that just were, for a moment of time, it's like, mm-hmm. I hate being away. I'm missing out on everything. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm missing out on this. Or when there's other kind of, you know, just kind of fun things that happen in America. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when there was a time when it was like sort of like Chick-fil-A day. When everyone lined mm-hmm. up and all throughout the news, all you saw was people lined up outside Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And, and here I was out in Australia where we had, in our town, there was not many fast food places and there was no Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and so you just think, oh, you know, you're missing out because mm-hmm. why? We're here. Mm-hmm. And it can create a sort of a discontent. And mm-hmm. so I think the missionary also has to be very careful Yes. Be mm-hmm. happy with where the Lord had. Be content with where God's placed you. There's yep. amazing things that you get to experience on the foreign field. Sure. I mean, there's things I absolutely loved that I got to do in Australia that most people will never get right. to do. Mm-hmm. But there are times when there are those flashes of, of sort of a discontent. Yeah. And you've got to fight against that because what happens is it can build and it could build because I'm missing out on this and I'm missing mm-hmm. out on that and I'm missing out on Granny's 50th anniversary and mm-hmm. I'm missing out on the birth of my sister's baby and mm-hmm. I'm missing out on these fun things mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a spirit of discontent can pop in. Yeah. You know, that's an excellent point. And, and I think it's so important for us to remember in Philippians chapter 4, four Paul said, I have learned to be content. Mm-hmm. Contentment is not something that comes naturally to us as humans nope. <laughs> at all. Uh, whether you're a missionary or you're a church member, we are not naturally content. And nor was Paul, obviously, because he said, <laughs> I have learned to be content. And you make a really great point that uh, you, yeah, I'll, I'm missing out on this or I'm missing out on that. But the flip side is, I get to do this, this, and this <laughs> that nobody else gets to do either. You know, that can help you to learn to be content. And it, it is so vitally important for us to learn that contentment in wherever and whatever the Lord has us doing at any particular point, even though our emotions are screaming, I want to do this. And, and the Lord says, but you're going to do this over here. And trust that he has something in that for us. Like I said earlier, I know, had I responded to my initial reaction across the border, I would not have been present at that next Sunday's church service where I got to lead two ladies to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Honestly, looking back, I rejoice far more that I got to lead two Mm -hmm. ladies to the Lord on, on that morning, on that Sunday morning following September 11, 2001, 
than, man, I came back to the United States and what would I have done? Yep. You know, maybe I would have, I don't know what I would have done, but, but I do know this, I would have missed out on that. And that was a process of learning contentment for me that this is, I'm doing what God wants me to do. And this is great. I got to see two people trust Jesus Christ as their personal savior as a result of this. There is a, you know, kind of a trendy word. If we're going to bring vernacular into our podcast, there's a trendy word called FOMO, you know, which stands (laughs) for fear of missing out. And when studies have done about that, that people Mm -hmm. have this fear of missing out on something that they some experience or something that's going on online or, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, marketers definitely market like yeah. buy now or else you'll miss out. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something psychologically that happens within us. And there is that idea that can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm missing out on mm-hmm. this because I'm where I'm at. And so I would say missionaries, you need to arm yourself with the, the, the truths of the word of God and all those things to help you stay focused on where you're at. But then I'd also in you know encourage uh, supporting pastors and churches and church members to be in prayer for their missionaries. Right. Especially when you know something something is going on. Mm-hmm. God help our missionaries as they're over in the foreign field. They may not know all the news going on. They may there may be something happening within their own soul at this moment mm-hmm. because of what's going on. Just help them. Give them what they need to get through this. Yep and to to be content where they're at and to serve faithfully or to give them the wisdom to come back or not right. and and to make that and to make that a matter of prayer mm-hmm. you know especially as uh, we anyone goes through these big experiences yeah, of life absolutely fomo fear of missing out uh, look at that from both sides if you leave what might you miss out on mm-hmm. as well? Um, but then again, and you make a good point about the the supporting church's extra time in prayer and lifting up that missionary. But it's a great time to reach out as well mm-hmm. and to, to encourage missionaries. Uh, in this current uh, time in our country with the uncertain health issues and all, it's a great time to write to a missionary and say, hey, we're praying for you. Send them an email. You can, you know, there's there's text apps that work without charge pretty much anywhere in the yeah. world anymore. And send them a text and just say, hey, we're praying for you and we want to encourage you. We know that it's probably not easy to be away from your home or your homeland at this time. But thank you for what you're doing. And that will that will really help to encourage that missionary. Absolutely. And uh, it's so important that as missionaries, we learn that that very thing Paul talked about, contentment. There's so much more that we could talk about on this particular topic, and hopefully it's a help to those who have been listening, both the supporting churches and supporting pastors, as well as missionaries on the foreign field, uh, just to recognize we all go through these times. And um, and so hopefully if this has been a help to you, you can share it with somebody else. We would love to hear from you and connect with you. You'll see our, our information on how to do that in the show notes. Check out BIMI.org and check out our media page if you want to learn more about uh, different uh, media uh, productions and things that are going on at BIMI. And um, again, uh, we are just thankful that you've taken this time to be with us on this podcast. We look forward to uh, meeting with you again next time. But until then, have a great week in the Lord.